Hello, everybody. Welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Sotol, the show of Agave, the show of Chihuahua. And today's guest is Ricardo Pico, the brand ambassador for Hacienda de Chihuahua, a wonderful Sotol. And honestly, I want to press, I want to keep talking about the Sotol that Ricardo shared with me, which is this Rustico. And it is not a clean, tight, unambitious spirit it is wild tasty deep dynamic and ricardo and i take a a lot of turns here but the thing that's really really apparent in this conversation is how passionate and how much love ricardo has for chihuahua and i hope that after you hear kind of some stories and how about how how he feels about agave sotol the state of chihuahua that one we'll all get to go there and enjoy and experience what the state has to offer but also that maybe we'll learn a little bit more about the field of agave and desert spirits. So without further ado, let's dive into my interview with Ricardo Pico. It was cool, man. Was I mean, it? like, uh, I was impressed. I mean, like, yeah. uh, I, I mean, it's the kind of uh, artist that you have seen sometime yeah yeah, yeah i mean or you have heard yeah but you're i i wasn't a big fan of him yeah but... it's, it's hard like because he was good but before i was born exactly you know what I mean? like yeah, in the 70s of... the songs were better but, but... Uh, i mean like when you see him play and you hear the depth of his voice yeah. like you're like wow i mean it's still got it yeah, yeah i mean yeah i mean like he's incredible yeah and his musicians i mean like they're badass too Was i it mean fun? so I, i know it's kind of a i don't know when you see like a good band you yeah. can really say like oh i mean these guys are they're good they're at great. another level i yeah, mean it's yeah, I, yeah. Have, i don't know like some sort of royalty in music to- dude totally totally right like you you see uh well coldplay a radiohead is a good one Yeah. Right. If you see Radiohead, you're like, wow, these guys are fucking good. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, I, I mean, mean, they're they're good, but like you feel it, you know. Exactly. I mean, I I think uh, that's the greatest difference between just being a professional. Yeah. And being uh, virtuoso. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. So were were you pedaling Sotol at the F1 or just kind of uh, no, hanging out? Really. No, not really. No, no, no. I, I, actually, uh, uh, my friend uh, Jorge Raptis uh, from Don Julio, uh, uh-huh. he's oh, cool. uh, the brand okay. ambassador here for uh, Don Julio in Texas. Yeah. Actually, he, I mean, I I, I can also uh, get him uh, yeah. for you if you're interested. Yeah, for sure. Um, great guy. I mean, he's very knowledgeable. He's worked at all this, the stray figures. Mm-hmm. So he invited me because uh, a little earlier than uh, before the races was my birthday. So oh, uh, nice. a couple of weeks before. So he was like, hey, let's. <laughs> That's great. Let's all go to the races. Let's uh, go. Does he live in Texas or is he? Uh, he's in Dallas. He's yeah. in Dallas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He used to be in Houston, but uh, yeah. right now he's in Dallas. He comes here very often. He. Uh, And I, such a team, uh, cause probably around 
two or three weeks ago. He mm-hmm. came with Enrique Corsa, their master distiller. No kidding. Don yeah, here to Austin. Into Austin? Yeah. What, where, where were they hanging out? Uh, they organized a dinner at, uh, have you been to Verdes? Verdes no, Parrilla? No, I don't think so. Where is it? Do you know? Uh, it's in uh, Round Rock. Oh, it's in Round Rock. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is it the place that's like has great tequila and, yes. and mezcal? Like, it's there's only that one place. Yes, in, exactly. In Round Rock. Exactly. Yeah. He's got like the biggest selection. He no got, he has like even the casks yeah. in some of the rooms. No shit. Yeah. How, so how was? Did, did you get to go? No, I didn't oh. get to go. I wasn't. Uh, I think it was in San Francisco for uh, the event. The Max's the big exactly. like exactly Max yeah. Garons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, you've been in touch with them, right? Yeah, we talked. I talked to Max a bit. We we talk, we chatted on the phone before. I, I ended up. Well, two one, we didn't have the sotol to share, which I would have loved to share. But we just didn't have it, right? Uh-huh. And then two, that was out of the country, so I was really it was really unfortunate because it looked like a fucking killer event. Oh yeah, how was it? It, it was pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it was a little bigger than last time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. Uh, like the, um, I I think the first uh, edition was a little better. Yeah. But how many years? How many years have they been doing it now? Is this two. the second? Two. This okay. is the second. Yeah. What? What's the official name of it again? Mexico in a bottle. Mexico in a bottle. That's yeah. right. Okay. Would yeah, you... and I mean the idea is brilliant. I I think it's it it's good. Yeah. But um. I mean, like last this this last time they had too many events. Oh, like, uh, okay. I know, like it was a whole week right, instead right. of just one day. So I think it spread a little bit, and it, it also was like a little of a combination because someone opened the club over there uh-huh. and some some were, I, I know, and uh, they took them to uh, the opening. Okay, yeah. So it was like I don't know sixty. Uh, of the biggest bartenders, wow, were not there because oh, they cause were. The, oh, because the other thing. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, it's uh, a little bit of a bummer. Exactly. Did you, did you try anything interesting? I mean, there's lots of stuff from what I understand. Did you try anything new that you hadn't had before? Mm, oh yeah, uh, cucharilla. What's that? Uh, sotol from Oaxaca. Oh no, kidding. <laughs> yeah. How was it? It, it was pretty good. Is I mean, it, is th- it is it earth uh, pit 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 cooked uh-huh. as well? Yeah. yeah, pit cooked and. Uh, you know, I mean, that's what I've been finding lately. Like, uh, sotol, I yeah. mean, like, it's very malleable, uh, very malleable plant. I it mean, really like, is, yeah. I, I, whatever you put it, I mean, it just absorbs the flavors of the terroir it, from it the does, region. It really does. It sucks it up, man. Like, one of the people that had tried the sotol said, hey, this tastes like Texas after a rain. And so it does. And I'll ride my bike to work in the morning. And every every so often, the dew kind of, to be poetic, right? <laughs> the, the dew comes up off the plants in there. And there aren't sotol plants, but it's the same, relatively the same soil. And it just smells like that sotol. Like exactly. The, just that just slight muskiness and dampness, but yet very Texas, you know? Yes, yes, it's, yes, It's yes. interesting. I, I don't know why. But it, maybe because it's such a dense plant, it has to just survive and it sucks in as much as possible. That to, At least the, the smaller ones in Texas, I think, have to do yeah. that. Yeah, no, and, and it's just the same. I mean, when you cross the border uh, through uh, Ojinaga uh-huh. Presidio, mm-hmm. the sotols from that region taste just like... Uh, just like it smells? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, uh, and like, uh, uh, like what dirt kind yeah. of... Uh, yeah, how you yeah, were yeah, saying yeah. it, like uh, you roll down your windows and you're like, this smells, smells like, like the yeah. spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it's and that's one of the kind of appeals I think for me. I don't know about you, but that it is, an, uh, like a pure kind of 
translation of the land into a spirit. Yes. That's, yes, I mean, yes. one of the reasons mezcals are so appealing to me. And I, lo- I love bourbon. Love it. Love it. But mezcal, to me, represents the land at a certain point at a certain time. Exactly. You know? And, and it's, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, like on uh, a tree when they cut it. I mean, you have yeah, so many layers. That's, that's totally right. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, like... Uh, so basically, the plant is describing uh, its lifespan yeah. through the drink. So yeah, it's like a narrative, right? Exactly. That's why, like, uh, tepestate, which is really old, over twenty yeah. years in a lot of cases, tastes like so many seasons. Yes. So like, like over a <laughs> yeah, decade, it's, old, like... right? it's got so, <laughs> so much depth. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, and I, I think that a lot of people don't understand that. At least in my opinion, tequila doesn't possess that same kind of transportative quality that a mezcal does I now think. i like tequila for sure but it feels shorter it feels tighter it feels newer yes you know and esotol also has a relatively long i mean it's not in the 20s of years but it tastes like eons it tastes like generations yeah you know? no definitely and the, i mean like uh the broader the ranges yeah the more flavor you're gonna get the more uh, character that yeah. the plant has it's crazy so, well so i you know i i've met you as as bro, so tall brethren you know uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know that much about where you grew up and how you got involved with all this stuff where well, did you grow up uh well i was born and raised in chihuahua oh uh, really okay uh, yeah. so you you were in it yes from the beginning uh, well i mean not at least by proximity. Exactly yeah. by proximity, and uh, I mean that's uh, what my friends and I uh, used to drink yeah, when yeah. we were uh, young. Did and, you like it uh, even then? Uh, or was it, it was just a the little thing more you drank? of? A, I mean, we were young and we didn't know how to savor or enjoy a, right. a spirit. You were drinking uh, it for a different reason, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we used to drink the Mesteño, which was the oh, yeah, okay. uh, fifty-one, uh, 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 the mixto from oh, Hacienda, the mixto. Oh, okay. which is actually not available here. Um, so is it? It's not the same bottle, right? No, 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 no. no. It's like a tall uh, square bottle. Oh, okay. Uh, let me see if I can get a hold of it. Um, but, uh, and it's pretty good, actually, by the uh, way. I like mean, it? And that's, uh, I don't know, uh, in this industry, you know, I, I think there are many, many angles. Ye- angles. What do you, yeah. I, I know what you mean, but what do you mean by angles? Yeah. I, I mean that just because something doesn't appeal to you. Yeah. Uh, some people think that that's something that doesn't appeal to them yeah. is wrong. Oh, I see. So, I mean, like, for instance, I don't know, uh, well, if you do steam cooks at all, or if you age at all, right, right. or if you, I mean, and same, I mean, uh, uh, just switch the sotol word for uh, raicilla or yeah, for tequila yeah, yeah. or for mezcal. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, I just don't know. like opposite, like people really, really, uh, what's the word? Um, purist. Purist. That's good. Yeah. Purist. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, like maybe, um, they're, they're rigid. Exactly, rigid. Yeah, let's yeah. say it's like they they just see. And I I mean, with spirits just in general, I just want it to be what it is. Like I don't want coloring and stuff. I mean that comes into play with some rye whiskeys here and some whiskeys that do bourbon sometimes do. You know I just don't want that. But in t- in terms of like how it's processed and stuff, I think it's quite interesting to taste the difference between exactly. something Steve Cook. You know what exactly, I mean? exactly. And and also I mean uh, well. Of course, yes. Uh, as long as it's not like artificial stuff, right, and it's not right. like or nectar, uh, you know what I mean, like um, something that's making their job easier. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, because they're doing it as a shortcut to make exactly. money, you know. Exactly. Exactly. That, so uh, I think as long as it doesn't pollute the yeah. pureness or it doesn't, uh, um, I don't know, take away from tradition, yeah, and it's not so bad. Exactly, it's extreme, maybe. Yeah, it's like it's like using aluminum bats. Right, exactly. right. Like everybody's like, "Well, why aren't you using a wooden bat?" It's like, "Well, it's actually better for the environment if you just keep using aluminum bats because they're they're less." But it, but it, but it challenges your notion of what is traditional with it. Exactly. You know? And I, but I kind of like that. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we did this with Paul in the first place is to say we don't want to interfere with the spirit at all. We just want to take the plants, chop them up, cook them, and then distill them, and then that's it. And I think that that's. That's what not not to not to toot our own horn, but that's what makes a good spirit, I think. Even yes. if you don't like the flavor of it, right? It's just that that process is really important. And also, I think it's an interpretation. Yes. So yeah, I mean, it it's Absolutely. like a, a it's it's like music. We yeah. were talking about music a little yeah, bit earlier, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, a band might just have a different vibe playing yeah. uh, uh, a hit or a good right. song. And uh, I mean, they might just be as good. Yeah. But it's... It's just different. Exactly. And, and we all grow up different. It's all a different narrative for us. We're all creative in different ways too. And and being in the States, obviously we're going to have a different sense of pop culture and stuff like that. And so maybe we think about the stilling metagave stuff differently here, you know? And I, But I like that. that, that kind of... It adds to the dialogue of having different options with the spirits and stuff, you know. Definitely. So, how long were you in Chihuahua? Uh, so in Chihuahua, um, eighteen years, 18 years. Uh, and uh, then I uh, went to study uh, to El Paso. Oh, at El Paso. Okay. Yeah. U so UTEP I, or? I, I went to college uh, uh, UTEP. Yeah, UTEP. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I mean, which is still Mexico. I mean, it's just it, like a yeah, Mexican. Yeah. Uh, did it feel like you even moved in, at all in, in the U.S.? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I did move because. Uh, no, but I mean, did it feel like that different? That different. Uh, I mean, it is the states. It, it is Texas. Yes, I mean, borders are super interesting. I yeah. mean, like it's a, a whole different uh, um, concept because I mean, like you have the best of the of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, and it it's kind of very. Uh, poros and the uh, mm -hmm. sense that uh i mean like uh it 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 blends uh and yeah uh, it's kind of seamless right exactly from it, the way what is really like a western culture and kind of american lifestyle but from what is maybe sometimes would you consider it impot like poorer you know it's an interesting blend between the two yes definitely and and uh for instance Chihuahua and northern Mexico itself, it's mm -hmm. very Americanized. I mean, oh, it's it? like okay. uh, it's like a very uh, kind of a lot of similarities with yeah. Texas, uh, very kind of a cowboy culture, yeah, very, yeah. I, I don't know, like a cuisine down in the south. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very complex. It's like a lot of different elements, a yeah. lot of... Uh, in the north, I mean, we're very simple. I mean, we yeah. just kill a cow and throw like a huge chunk of the steak <laughs> into the grill, you know, and uh, and uh, make some quesadillas, and it's yeah. very. It's all about what, what is food a big piece of the culture there too. Uh, it seems like it's drink drinking and, and food and family. Yes, yes, and, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, there it's almost always uh, summer. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In Chihuahua, we have a, a very good weather, but. During the winter, I mean, like mm. in the hills, the mountains, it right. gets very cold. It's uh, it, and that's part of the of uh, where Sotol grows. Yeah, Sotol yeah. grows in very very dry 
uh, summer uh, cli uh, climate or yeah, weather, yeah. and uh, it survives very, very hot summers mm -hmm. and very, very cold winters. Very resilient plant. Exactly. So it's very, I mean, extreme temperatures. Yeah. And uh, I think that roughness and that, those challenges yeah. really come into the flavor i totally you know i always think of it one that's what why more people don't plant sotol for that particular reason it's resilience to weather changes is beyond me i don't understand why it's not a bigger thing in the states right because it, it can just grow and it will just grow it takes some time of course but the thing is like think about the most difficult cutoff person that you know you know like you know they're smart maybe it's a guy maybe it's a girl whatever but you know they're smart they know they're smart, but for some reason, emotionally, they won't let you connect with them, you know? And so you have to keep prying, and it takes time, and it takes coaxing, and it takes all of this attention to develop an intimacy with this person. But when you do, you realize how wonderful this person is. And that's what the Sotola is to me. It's like even physically, it's just like closed off, and it's like, do not get in, do not touch my heart, you know? Almost literally, <laughs> it's just, it's that way, you know? And it's something beautiful about Sotola in that way. Yeah, or, I mean, like, if you put it in those, ter in yeah. those terms. Those ridiculous the, the, terms. The, the, but... No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty good. I mean, uh, or it might be the pretty girl, too. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah. like, uh, you take ages to, yeah. uh, you know, uh, get to know her and to gain confidence and start dating her for right. something, you know? Yeah, so, it uh, is. It's like that. It's a weird, it's a weird and, and since it's a plant, you know, we you spending time with it and kind of watching it evolve like that's something we do that's what you watch stuff grow you know what i mean like it's a beautiful plant in that sense but when you were going to utah what what were you studying something uh economics economics okay. yeah economics uh, my my background that's uh, doesn't relate uh, uh, as much well, the booze uh, industry just, always has just, economics just practice, ricardo yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> just in practice i uh, uh i i used to uh to drink this uh, at all, I mean, like yeah. tequila, whatnot. But uh, uh, one very, very interesting thing about northern uh, Mexico mm -hmm. is that, uh, and uh, it's a pretty much a shame that we don't consume our spirits. I mean, it's really? uh, and it's something a little historical and political at the oh, same really? time. What is, can you give me some background on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like. Um, well, right now I'm um, trying to track the origins of Sotol yeah. and uh, along with historians, anthropologists, right. friends, uh, producers, uh, and uh, it, it. I mean, uh, there is not much out there. No, I mean, there's not. Actually, uh, uh, even historians say like there's a big gap, uh, like a uh, big chunk where there's no info, right? Exactly. Yeah, and. Uh, this last time I was talking to uh, Jesus Vargas, who's a, a, a professor at uh, Universidad Autónoma de Ciudad Juárez, and he was mentioning that uh, uh, in the 1930s, mm -hmm. they, they were producing around 300,000 liters of sotol. Wow. Out of... Out of Chihuahua. Chihuahua. No, exactly. that's a, that's a so crazy amount. It's a spirit that during the Prohibition era... Uh, used to be smuggled into the U.S. The Chicago Mafia used yeah. to buy oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, Boardwalk so, Empire, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just uh, impressive how Sotol has been always there. It's been there for a long time. Yeah. Um, but we don't have any records of it. 
Yeah. I mean, and people still don't really fully understand what it is and its relationship to tequila from a species perspective or mezcal, you know? It's it's crazy because tequila... Why do you think that tequila became kind of the, the pop star of agave? Now, I, I understand that Sotola is not officially agave, but it is asparagusea, which is the same family. You yes, know? Uh, exactly, exactly. It's under the same, it, it's still under the same family. And, you know, I mean, I, I think it resembles, I mean, uh, of course, yeah. And as you were saying, I mean, officially it's not, but I mean, if you want to relate it to something, oh, yeah. you might start by the, uh, by, by. Uh, it's cl- very closely resembles those deserts. I like that term desert spirit because it's just a spirit from the desert. Obviously it's only certain kinds of plants can grow there. But a racia can be vastly different from a sotol. But those guys are all—they're all part of the same crew. Right? Exactly, sotol, it's, a, it's a magay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, it's magay, and uh, and but but yeah, I think they're very very close. I mean, because the flavor profile is yeah, similar. It is, and uh, what you're getting—the terroir, what uh, the process. Yeah. So I mean, uh, there's bit uh, there's many similarities, um, but um, I think. Tequila, of course. Uh, I think it's the oldest one oh, that okay. uh, has. I mean, in terms of um, how could we put it? And I, I mean, and uh, I don't know as much about tequila as I would Even like. Do I? I mean, I just I think about what what the flavor is like. And it's just never quite as deep. You know, I, that, 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 I, I'm not trying to discount like there's the Sambravales, for example, which is a recent one that comes to mind. That's nice and rich and hearty, lowland tequila. But for the most part, it's not meant to be like Sotol. It's not meant to be that rich for everybody. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And, and, and I think, uh, for instance, tequila... Um... It's very elegant. It's very clean. Yeah, it's right. It's very elegant, very tight, very polished. Exactly. And yeah. uh, I, I think, uh, I mean, it's wonderful, but it has its own appeal and it has yeah. its own base. And and uh, I, I don't know, I, that's how I feel about all uh, uh, Mexican spirits. Yeah. I think they complement each other. They I, do, I, yeah. I think that there's not really like, oh, this is better than this or this is, they're just for different occasions and yeah. it's like uh hey you wake up and you say like hey what am i gonna how wear am I today feeling? Yeah, yeah yeah how am i feeling yeah and uh summer maybe you want lighter maybe winter you want more pensive you exactly. want something challenging you know? exactly and then i mean it gets a lot more complex because then you're starting not only with the category mm. but with the uh, terroir yeah. So yeah. okay, well, right now I'm feeling like having something more herbal. I'm feeling like having something that tastes more like uh, dirt, uh, fruit, yeah. or you know. And but that see, this is the thing: is that pe- the way people uh, Americans, let's put it that way, the way that Americans treat wine, they haven't yet got that advanced with the desert spirits. Yes. They ha- you, whereas it's it's almost the perfect analogy because the wines are very much like that. They talk about the terroir, they talk about the, the soil, all of these things. But do you, how long do you think it's going to be before people, this, I won't quote you. Oh, no, I won't quote you. On it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but how long do you think it's going to be before people start looking at Mascal and they start looking at Sotol, maybe even Racia, which is like a, you know, fourth place guy. that's like <laughs> back in the race. How long is it going to be till people start thinking about that the same way? 
don't know. I think, I mean, Mezcal uh, has really contributed because it kind of opened up uh, a new world for yeah. uh, agave enthusiasts. So um, I think it might take, I don't know, 10 years more until uh, we get all the whole act together on yeah, Mexican spirits. Yeah. And uh, I just think that uh, it will only grow Yeah. Because, I mean, right now you have uh, 26 states in Mexico uh -huh. that uh, can make mezcal. And, I mean, for instance, in Chihuahua, I found uh, mezcal. Really? Uh, which is called uh, lechuguilla. Lechuguilla, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lechuguilla uh, uh, from Chihuahua. There's, uh, of course, uh, uh, the Bacanora in Sonora, uh -huh. Raicilla right. in, uh, in, in the Bajillo region. Um So I think we, uh, we probably haven't. Uh, it feels like we haven't scratched the surface just yet, have we? Exactly. We have like a couple iconic kind of pioneer or uh, the guys that are really the, the kind of celebrities, but the ones that are championing Mescal, exactly. right? Like Bobby Hugo, for example. He's got a loud voice, very resonant, and he talks about Mescal. Now you've got Judah coming in from Vago and kind of being an accessible surfer dude yeah. that people can kind of relate to. So so you think we got about 10 years, you know, let's say give or take, right? But it, it is changing and you think it's evolving and you think that people are really starting to have their interest peaked by these spirits. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, and as you were saying, yeah, I mean, Bobby, Judah. Yeah. I, I think it's a big family. I mean, it's uh, it just a big family where... Why? Um, so here, here's the thing. Why? I feel like we're family, right? Like, for, there's something about the agave spirits. And of course, don't, you know, the fact checkers or whatever, don't piss on me because I'm, I'm lumping <laughs> it in. Get that same family, spare to say it, right? But why is it that we all feel like kindred spirits? Don't we? Like, you and I, we, we had never met, but like, we can sit and talk about Mascal or Sotol and we can just bond over it. What is it about the spirit that has that rallying quality? Because you can go anywhere and drink a mezcal with somebody, and all of a sudden you have a friend. Yes, you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I think um, that it is. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if we're on the side of um, where we're trying to sell something, yeah, we're not really. I mean, it's okay if we sell it. Yeah. But if we tell the story and we uh, share a glass with someone, mm -hmm. that does the trick for us. I mean, either you buy it or you don't. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's passion. It is. I think I, you're I, right. I, I think it's passion and it brings everyone together. And uh, I think it's only the beginning because uh, I think at some point, I mean, you have so many um, channels in the industry that yeah. get together And so many, like, uh, I love, you know, uh, collaborating with big brands, small brands. If I can share a contact with someone and yeah. or help them somehow, uh, I, I don't think it's really taking away from you making a sale. Yeah. It's actually you're uh, promoting uh, Mexican spirits overall. It right. doesn't matter if it's uh, Raicilla from Esteban, if it's uh, uh, Bacanora from Cecilia. Yeah, if it's, yeah. Uh, I think there's... Plenty, plenty of... But uh, that's a great attitude because that's not necessarily how Diageo operates 
or how Bacardi would operate, right? Because it is so cutthroat, so corporatized, right? That it's just about landing the sale. But I think you understand this and we can share this that as one of my friends told me once, you know, rising tide raises all ships. And so you raise awareness for Sotol in your own way. And you, you brought like this magnificent boxes of bottles to the house before we started. I mean, that's a way to just say, here's some awareness. Here's some things that I love. And let me share the passion that these guys have for the spirit. Definitely. And, and I mean, like even the big guys, um, they have I'm not trying to be too. mean. For, no, I'm no, not no, trying of to course. No, 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 of course. Right no, no, no. And I mean, like, uh, I, I, I completely uh, understand. But even uh, uh, some of the big guys have really good people. They are good yeah. at getting good people. And uh, I, I think it's very good that they sensibilize them and they take them there uh, to the field. Right. And sometimes they're very curious and they start digging and digging and they're, you know, yeah. uh, they might. And... That's the thing about this industry too. I mean, you're wearing uh, one shirt, but at the same time, you're wearing so many others. You know, yeah. I mean, like uh, uh, if I'm at a, at a liquor store and I'm trying to sell a bottle of Sotol, and someone's not gonna buy a Sotol because they want tequila. Yeah. If I can sell a tequila that a friend of mine does, helps everybody. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, of course, if I think it's a good product, I'm not <laughs> just going to sell them anything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that's what helps uh, everyone, you know? I mean, like, uh, uh, I, I know, it's. I, I think it's like a, a kind of a fraternity and... Uh, yeah. Community, um, it, at least, yeah. The big guys sometimes, uh, I mean, take the small guys to their accounts or they put introductions for you, good yeah. introductions for you because they respect the product that you're uh, selling to. Yeah. And I, I think, or at least that has been my, my, my experience. I found, I mean, I've been surrounded by, uh, by luck uh, yeah. uh, with incredible people. I mean, like that uh, has helped me a lot. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, if that same good vibe uh, spreads, uh, I think can't do any harm. Exactly. No, yeah. and and also I I think it benefits consumers. Yeah. I think it uh, helps with education. I mean, uh, when when you're a small brand, that's you and your bag and your bottles, and right. of course you know oh, it dude, too. I know. mean, we're, uh, we're a band of three or four people that try to keep this company afloat. You know, it's exactly you fight, you fight more for it. Exactly, and uh, and I think. Uh, it's just as respectable. I mean, sure. yeah. I mean, well, if you work for the big guys, that's that's fine. pretty challenging too. I mean, <laughs> but it did in a completely different way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's why I don't know I have a lot of respect for everyone. Yeah. I mean, like uh, everyone who does things uh, right and respects their people, coworkers. Mm. Um, I mean, and uh, I think Mexican spirits right now uh, the biggest challenge is to uh, position or mm -hmm. categories uh, here, you know? Yeah. And, uh, what is, so how do you position Sotol in, in, re in relation to tequila? What's your, what's your way to, to explain that to people? Well, uh, I would first start with the plant. I uh -huh. would say the plant is completely different. Uh, yes, it is a cousin or a relative of the agave, yeah. but not strictly an agave and uh, the word or the botanic name of the plant doesn't help a lot because it's mm. Dacilirion, which is 
probably yeah, like what is impossible to <laughs> to even spell. I yeah, mean, yeah. To it took, win a man, spelling it took me contest. a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's step number number one. Um, visually, I think it resembled more a jaka than a, yeah, a, it really an, does. An agave but with the spikes. Exactly. That's the way I, I think about it when I look at the plants. Like, exactly. With the and they poke. And did you ever notice this? I thought this was funny. So the spikes, if I recall, they poke inward. So if you were to try to pull the leaf, you'd be fucked because it would just shred yeah. your hand up. Well, it depends on the species. No kidding. Yes. So the taxanums that we use, that's that's how that's the array of the downwards, spikes. downwards. Yeah. And actually, uh, it, uh, some people used to say that when they grow downwards, oh. it's because they get plenty of rain. Oh, really? So um, because when they grow upwards, kind of uh, they kind of subtract a little more water. Oh, They're kind of wow. uh, trying to channel to it into it the plant. Oh, that but makes I mean, sense. from the uh, terroir that you're talking about, I mean, I don't think they get a lot of rain. It's very imagine. dry, very arid, right? Yeah, very arid. So, so yeah, I mean, an okay amount of rain. But that's a, I like that though to think that the plant adapts in that sense. It's like just trying to suck the water out. You know, have these these nucleation sites in a exactly. sense right where the water can just kind of gather yeah that's so cool yeah i think it's a cool story yeah. and also i mean it, it, i think it's a very unique plant uh because it's a little more primitive than the maguey yeah it's very primitive and it's just... it it doesn't i mean like it doesn't shoot the hijuelos as maguey does yeah uh so it's only sexual uh reproduction for for sotol mm -hmm. and uh there's not many females out uh, female plants out there really um so yeah I, I i think uh in well bogler's uh thesis uh, -huh. uh is probably the best work on the dasilirion yeah but i think it's still a very technical uh paper i mean yeah. it's just uh, i tried to go through it uh, for a couple times and you only get to a certain point because i mean the, the uh, it's very very academic right it's hard it's hard it's hard to for me to even go into and try to approach it and understand how to process these plants you know i went and spent some time in oaxaca but the sugar content of those plants that gives you a lot of flexibility versus the sotol mm -hmm. which is just so runty and, and so hard to get that sugar out of it and i i kind of feel like it's up to you and i to create verbiage for it that is accessible mm -hmm. and that can help people understand it because we're basically no pun intended distilling the academic stuff that we've read i mean i've tried to read as much as possible it doesn't help me all that much <laughs> you know because there's not a lot out there but it's up to us to kind of distill that message down and kind of disambiguate what the sotol is and what it tastes like and what it looks like and all of that I mean, do, do you like that responsibility oh yeah to spread the word you know yeah i love it yeah. i mean uh, i i and I know. I think uh, it's a good moment, you yeah. know, to start doing that. And uh, and uh, I mean, I'm very excited to be uh, a uh, part of it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, uh, so I was mentioning my background is uh, yeah. So so you're at econ you're doing economics for undergrad uh -huh. at UTEP. How what did you do when you got? I imagine you finished what four or five years. Yes, uh, four years. Then um, I. Uh, I went back to Chihuahua okay. uh, to help my family. We uh, we have a couple uh, businesses there, nothing to do with uh, spirits either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either. Um, so 
then uh, I went back. I went back because I wanted to like help them with the, the with their business. Right, because you had some tools now, right? Exactly. You go to UTEP. It's uh, like I kind maybe I understand things a little bit better now. Exactly. And you help the family out. Yeah, That's and great. I mean, like, uh, just like uh, I I grew with. Uh, uh, I had some roommates that were uh, in arts and graphic design, so uh-huh. we kind of revamped the the, oh, the, cool. the our store like and the our logo, the That's identity great. and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, then I I stayed there for a little bit more. Uh, I started the masters in uh, in public policy. Oh, oh, interesting. At, so, at UTEP again or uh, in no? Uh, watch uh, uh, the Universidad Autónoma de Chihuahua, which is the state university in Chihuahua. Okay. Cool. So I did my master's there, finished my master's. Um, and, uh, and I mean, I, I, I don't know, I was very, um, my goal was to change things in Mexico, yeah. uh, either in, I don't know, municipal, state, or right. uh, a, a, a federal level. Make a difference in some way, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Kind of uh, make a difference. I mean, just saddens uh, uh, to see... Uh, how corrupt the government is. Uh, uh, you know, Did you I mean, grow up with a lot of that? I mean, so we're corrupt here, but it's all like with a smile on your face. And exactly. It's like behind your back, someone's yeah, stealing money. It, like, but it, is it like it that there? Is it really more overtly violent, for example? Uh, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's a combination of things. Um, I, I know uh, gov- there's a big gap, uh, a big inequality gap in Mexico. So yeah. you have uh, very few rich people, a huge, huge uh, poor people um, base. And I, I think that, uh, I don't know, right now it's very, uh, uh, people doesn't have the empathy, you know, yeah. and uh, doesn't realize, and our politicians don't realize, I mean, what they're earning and what an average worker in right, Mexico right. earns. That is the wage disparity, as they call it. Exactly. Right? And also, I mean, and I don't know, there's, uh, they're very, I mean, cynical about it. They don't care. And uh, um, I, I, I wanted to see if there was possibilities, uh, if there was a possibility of changing that. Yeah. So that was the idea first. Um, I made a couple uh, uh Started projects in the meantime, yeah, so yeah. Um, I had some mark uh, friends that uh, were uh, into marketing, mm-hmm. some other friends that did design. So we started like uh, doing a small uh, company, like a boutique communications agency, okay. where we uh, used to do consulting for small uh, restaurants, coffee oh, okay. shops. Uh, and Soto La Hacienda was one of our customers. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so so free, you were freelancing. Exactly. For them. And do, was it, would you say it's like, it was kind of like PR work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, little sharing PR. Sharing the brand, spreading the word, that kind of stuff. A little uh, advertising. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's how I got involved. Uh, but my first, um, uh, uh, the first, when I met Enrique, uh, Enrique, who's our uh, director for Hacienda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met him through through my brother. Oh, okay. So my, uh, were you working they're... with your brother? With no, with they're it? friends. Oh, just friends. Yeah, okay. just friends. And uh, but I have an idea. Uh, my dad uh, has apple orchards in, in Chihuahua. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I have this idea about doing a hard cider. Yeah. Uh, oh, that'd be interesting. Something from Mexico. Yeah. That's in, that's a great idea. Yeah, actually, uh, I mean, uh, and uh, you know, I realized uh, what hard cider was 
10 years ago. Yeah. I did uh summer abroad in Finland. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, all the girl, I saw all the girls at every single bar uh -huh. drinking hard cider. And yeah. I was like, what is that? You know? And uh, I tried it and I was, wow. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. I mean, all the guys are drinking beer. Yeah. All the girls are drinking, drinking hard, cider. Cider, hard cider. If you bring that into uh, Mexico or the U.S. Yeah. And, I mean, well, U.S. has plenty of hard ciders now. Sure. But at yeah, the time, but then, it, you said, it, how long ago was this? You said like uh, 10 years ago? This, well, uh, 10 years ago, I saw that. And yeah. my project started in 2010. Oh, okay. So, Still before the wave of ciders. Because exactly, it's just been the past couple exactly. years. Exactly. So yeah. actually, when we were developing the business plan for that, mm. uh, Stella Artois ah. came up with the Cidre. Yeah. Uh, Strongbow made Strongbow, their movie yeah. in Mexico as well. Oh, no so kidding. It was just like... Uh, perfect timing, but unfortunately, we didn't have the resources. It's hard because you have to, like, especially doing production like that. It's just, oh, it's, yeah. It's yeah, insane. yeah, yeah. Of course, it would have to uh, have to stay in the artisanal side, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But uh, still, so the idea was to make a cider that was rested uh -huh. uh, for a little bit in Soto, on, in no Soto casks. No way. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a great idea. So that, that was the first idea and my first kind of approach into the yeah. uh, alcohol. Because it will uh, add, you know, that's an interesting thing is that it will add maybe a little color for one, but two, it'll add that, just that wonderful vegetal sharpness from a, a Soto. Exactly. Uh, which cut out... I, did you get to even do a test batch of it? No, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> is, it. It. But uh, I mean, well, you you can always revisit, and yeah. I mean, it's down on the list, I guess. <laughs> it's open. It's open source, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so then afterwards, I mean, the project didn't uh, move forward. I mean, they're uh, very focused on this also. I mean, yeah. it didn't make a, a lot of sense to you know to the, uh, yeah, branch right. out and. Uh, and uh, afterwards, I started uh, working closer to Enrique. Then uh, I, I got the position to uh, um, uh, manage the market here in the U.S. Yeah. in Canada. So you you own the whole U.S. North American market. Uh, Ultimately, yes, what, what's the what's your official title with with Hoth uh, Well, it's planning and strategy manager, yeah. which is kind of a very yeah, random name for but it. The, but, you, uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, we. Do a little bit of everything. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I was going to uh, say that's like, they'll call you that, but then it's like, hey, I need you to tweet something. Like, exactly. That, that just come up, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, I, I think I've been lucky in that sense because uh, you get uh, to work the whole uh, uh, side of the industry. Yeah. And I bet you do as well because, yeah. I mean, it's uh, uh, I, in some sort of way, uh, a one person's. Uh, company in terms right. of uh running the daily operations and yeah. hey well this is happening well with the importer and this is happening with uh, this distributor and this other it's a lot it's a lot and the find uh, this uh find a new market and yeah. uh, all that i mean takes time takes and if you add that which is like the administrative side of it right and if you add the brand ambassador uh, component to it, component yeah. exactly, it gets uh, a little crazy and challenging. But it, I, I think it's great. I mean, because yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it could be worse. <laughs> you, you, there aren't many faces of Satol in North America. You know, I mean, you're kind of part of an elite few if you think about it that way. Yeah, and I mean, and uh, I'm always happy to see new ones too. Yeah, and sure. uh, uh, it's uh, always good. You know, uh, I I have the fortune of uh, 
knowing uh, other producers. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Jacob Hack is Jake, for instance, yeah, from, from Don Cuco, Don Cuco, great right. guy. I mean, I saw him uh, recently. And uh, I think it's important, you know, to because um, the more we are, the mm -hmm. more we're uh, going to be able to do for the category. Yeah. And well, we have to band. We have to band together. I mean, there's really no choice because there's not enough of us to be fragmented. There's so few. That's like we kind of should just play along exactly. and work together because it's different with uh, with other crafts as to whether it's vodka or gin or whatnot. You know, there's so many. Everybody kind of operates independently, and that makes some sense. But Sotol, because it's so different and it's so regional, and everybody has such a particular narrative and expression that they share of it based on their life experiences. That's a reason that we need to start a band together. You know? Yeah. No. Definitely. And uh, and you know, I mean. Um... I'm very, um, I don't know, like open-minded in every uh, way, as we were mentioning. Well, there's nothing for me. I mean, uh, personally, I think it's on consumers. Yeah. Consumers say. Yeah. I mean, like uh, whether you like it or not, it, it's not your it's not your pick. Right, I think right. consumers at the end of the day are the ones that determine if something, uh, uh the, the uh, power of the spender, the spender. It, I it, mean, that's ultimately the money talks, you know? Exactly. And, uh, so, uh, cause some big brands, I don't know, like, uh, let's say Patron, yeah. uh, I mean, might not be for you or you might not like it, but I, I, I don't know. I respect what they do. I think sure. they do well, a the good Roka product. Was, I mean, it was an interesting move, you know, to make the, that the Hona based and tequila, you know, and and, and I think that uh, you know, uh, uh, there's many characters and there's many uh, roles mm -hmm. that companies have to play in this industry. Yeah. So I mean, right now everyone's uh, everyone benefits from what Patron has done in in the past yeah. because they positioned the tequila category. Sure. And uh, might be the same with Del Maguey, for instance. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. The Everyone pioneers. I mean, guy. Tito's put it right for Except, craft. Well, quote unquote craft, the way it started. It, there's got to be the pioneer, and someone's got to start it. You know exactly. And it's not. And of course, I mean, once uh, you get the hang of it, and you start playing around a little more with the product, yeah, it, it will improve, and better things will come out of something like that. You yeah. know, and uh, I, I think we're still learning, and we're always going to be learning. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we're always learning. And we're in, and if you put, if we put it in uh, terms of Mexico, yeah, we're always finding. I mean, like, yeah, uh, oh, right, right. Uh, I, I don't know if you've met uh, Eric uh, Rodriguez. Uh, no, from, I don't think I have. Uh, 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 he has uh, Mezcalito Palalma, his brand. Uh, okay. So he uh, he's like a mezcal explorer. He's oh, been yeah. like everywhere and. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's very cool how uh, people that's very passionate about this industry mm -hmm. uh, find these amazing things. I mean, like uh, one, uh, uh, we were uh, at his um, at his office in Mexico City, mm -hmm. and we were having a mezcal tasting. Went through like I don't know thirty different mezcals, wow. which were all incredible. <laughs> yeah, and um, we were asking him like, hey. Uh, how do you find this? I mean, right. like, uh, what? that's a lot. Yeah. And, and, and how, how do you do it? And he, he was like, oh, yeah, well, when I'm on the road, uh, if I see a, an open dirt road, I just drive 
uh, I, I goes, drive in. Yeah. Um, I stop. I uh, ask around, like, hey, do you know anyone who makes mezcal? Oh, that's amazing. So I, I try them. If I like them, I buy them. If I buy them, I uh, uh, drink uh, half a bottle. Yeah. If next day I'm okay, then I'm like, <laughs> okay, I might the have something. The methanol is under control. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I think uh, uh, it's pretty amazing. That's a very cool. It, it, it's like Magellan, right? It's like going to find the new undiscovered mezcals or the undiscovered areas, producers, all of that. It's it's almost like the guy that works for the major label, right? He's like, I gotta find new acts. He's at those shows every night, kind of looking. It's funny. Exactly. He's A and R. He's he's A and R for mezcal. Exactly. And and I think um, another important element is to keep the traditions. I mean, like yeah. uh, just keep everyone comfortable with what they're doing. And uh, because I mean, uh, I, I I think it's important to look. Uh, at the social aspect of yeah. uh, producers, uh, sustainability, and because uh, I mean, these plants take a long time to grow. Right. Uh, so tall takes What's like even longer because yeah. it's wild harvest. Yeah, right, so right. Probably we're talking fifteen to twenty years at yeah. least, and uh, it's hard to grow them. Yeah. Uh, you need to uh, if you're uh, putting a nursery, you have to. Uh, let them uh, grow their um, defense mechanism, which mm -hmm. is the spikes, and uh, then they'll be able to survive. But if not, uh, rodents will eat them, uh, no rabbits. And uh, so it's going to be really challenging. And that's the important part uh, about uh, Sotol not being yet mainstream, yeah. you know? That's a uh, good point. Yeah, it's, it's maybe not easy to cultivate right now no yeah it's not easy at all and uh for instance uh, hacienda has been working with the uh state university of chihuahua mm -hmm. just uh, uh helping with the research and uh trying to find the way that uh, uh they can sustainably uh cultivate yeah because uh, at some point i mean if this uh, uh once uh, if it catches on someone like way... in china gets the idea yeah. of uh start buying sotol i think uh not even uh it's, all of us together even with you yeah and, yeah <laughs> well, so that's a really interesting point we so we i think we oh man i can't remember exactly but i think we bought the trademark for sotol in china wow <laughs> <laughs> because we kind of saw that you know like oh they're gonna they're gonna want it there and like tequila is protected but sotol is not protected internationally you know uh -huh. um so we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> speaking of china you know well <laughs> it's not so bad so tell me when did you start? So you you were freelancing, and then Hacienda de Chihuahua they they said, "Hey, we want you, just you, right, to yes. work for them." Yes, yes. Even yes. though you're like you've got good designers and good marketing yeah, guys around no, you, but and, you were the and star. Yeah, the thing is, well, uh, at the same time we were starting a craft brewery in Chihuahua. Oh, okay. So we were funding uh, our craft brewery with uh, the funds that came from the oh, uh, okay from the uh, advertising. With them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, they kind of grew at the same time, and uh, but then Enrique uh, kind of told me, "Hey, well, I got a position for you if you're interested, yeah. and uh, we want you full time here." So that's when I uh, I started doing this full time. What uh, year? Uh, that was 2013. Oh, cool! So you've been a couple years now. Yeah, a couple years now, uh, fully involved on this. Uh, 
And I mean, it's been wonderful. I think, I mean, it's a hard, uh, a hard uh, task to educate consumers yeah. on, on what Satol is. It's tough. But yeah, but yeah I mean, I've been around it uh, for a while. If, if anybody could do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you can't yeah. doing it, do it from being drinking it from a young age, being surrounded by the plants in Chihuahua. I'm not sure who's more fit to do it. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I mean everyone can learn fast and i think i mean like uh just like mezcal i mean there's yeah. very very knowledgeable uh people here in the states oh, yeah. i mean we nerd uh, out about it we nerd out about it we love mezcal it's it's, it's, a, it's all we got <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's bourbon or mezcal you know you can't nerd, you can't develop the passion and the academic plethora of knowledge about vodka that you can mezcal there's simply it's just not the opportunity you know Mm. I I think so. Yeah, you get different source grains and stuff like that. But like, there's nothing as rich in terms of process, in terms of varietals, in terms of area that mezcal brings to the table. There's nothing American spirit wise. I think that's even nearly as close, with the exception of bourbon, which is different though, because most of the magic or a lot of the magic happens in those years after, right? As it's an aged spirit. Definitely, and uh, I think the beautiful thing about um, uh, Mexican spirits is that you're talking about a plant and the life of the plant yeah. that you can taste in the bottles. Yeah. So I, I think that's where most of the magic uh, of the magic totally happens. Does. That's what I, <laughs> that's what's really appealing about it to me is that it's the land, the plant, you cook it, ex convert those starches and then you ferment and then distill. And there's really like no interference. You're not uh, some people age, I know the Hassan de Chihuahua has a couple of age poles as well, but the the Hoven just clear mezcal that's like the purest expression that is an acoustic set yes you know what i mean definitely definitely and uh i i think uh i completely agree with you i mean like uh, as i was mentioning i don't have anything against aging yeah, yeah. but all i, I drink split. people are split over it you know exactly no uh, but i mean all i drink personally is blancos i mean oh, like, yeah, yeah, uh, me of too. course i'll drink a reposado I, I, and and i think for instance with tequilas yeah in Reposado, I don't know, but tequila has that sort of pedigree where they can, you know, like uh, some of them will be very classy Reposados. Yeah. I mean, just like perfect balance, uh, very nice uh, right. mellow oakiness. And, uh, but uh, uh, with Mezcal, I, I wouldn't see that, for instance, on a Tepestate or oh, man. Uh, would be the, why, why would you want to mellow it out? Exactly. Right? Like, it's meant to be that way. It's punk rock. Like, don't try to overproduce that. You know, but tequila has the smoothness and the pop sensibility to express it in an, in an oaky way, right? With, it's not as jagged. It's not as dynamic inherently. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, what, what uh, I'm personally into is white spirits. I yeah, mean, like, yeah. uh, Me too. Uh, I, I love, uh, I mean, all kind of mezcals, resilla, yeah. bacanora, sotol. I mean, uh, and uh, I, I think another very important aspect that we uh, haven't mentioned yet, and that's uh, the base of, of all this, is a producer. Sure. I think the hand of the maker. And I don't know, I, I would love to see at some point an industry where we uh, relate a little more to uh, uh, maestros, mezcaleros, yeah. uh, maestros sotoleros, maestros tequileros in a way that they're um, closer to the concept of, of a chef. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I would like... say it's even more like a, a comp uh, as you said, maestro is a great word for it. 
combining and balancing and moving and keeping balance, keeping tempo, but balancing low end, mid range and high, right? Those three sections of the run. Exactly. It's musical to me. And if you're you're right too, that it is culinary in the sense that there are tastes that are distinctly different in all three areas of that run. It's it's a harmony. uh, It is. I would say. And, uh, and for instance, some some maestros toleros, I've even seen them, like uh, just by the sound of the spirit pouring. Yeah, they would be able to tell the AVV. That content. is amazing. That yes, is so I mean, amazing. I was like, wow. I would love to because I love I love that concept, like hearing the difference in things, you know, and and saying because it's oh, man. Without getting too nerdy, it'd be lighter. The higher the alcohol, it would be lighter and less viscous. Ultimately, you know. Exactly. So if you threw it at something, maybe, you know, <laughs> well, this is an A sharp, but when I get to the hearts, that it's actually an A, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. such an interesting concept. Yeah, I, I think it is. And also, um, oh, no, they they have um, such a, uh, like their senses are really, really developed. Oh, yeah. I mean, and th- that's the thing about uh, the old uh or the remote mexico yeah i mean it's very humble hard-working people that uh, i mean like they might uh not have much right but whatever they have they offer to you i mean like in terms of food shelter uh, i don't know it's uh kind of uh really changes your perspective i mean like uh uh urban mexico is great i mean it's wonderful mm-hmm. but i think uh that the one of the most valuable assets about the country it's its people like the humble hard-working people that are yeah. on the field mm-hmm. uh i really have a lot of respect for them and uh and you know uh, and somehow i'm not a big fan of uh the nomination of origins right, for instance right. i think i mean as long as the plant grows there i mean it, you can find the Sotol plant even in Oaxaca. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, as far as uh, as Oaxaca and I've driven uh, all through, uh, I mean, from Chihuahua, which is right at the border, yeah. all the way through the coast of Oaxaca. And you see the plants. All I mean, over, uh, yeah. uh, uh, all, all, all your way down there. And uh, I, I think uh, the nominations of origin, of course, help in some sort of way that you can trace where the plant comes from. Mm-hmm. But for instance, when I'm talking about Sotol, I tell them, hey, well, uh, you can find you can find it in Arizona, even some in some parts of California. Yeah. You can find it in New Mexico, sure. Texas, of course. And uh, I think that's the beauty of it because uh, right at the time where you didn't have a border, uh, the Apaches, the Mogollon, the Anasazi, the mm-hmm. Raramuri, uh, they used to feed on the plant. Yeah, and, make uh, bread from it, from what I understand. Uh, I don't even know how. Yes, they. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how uh, you do uh, it. There's. Uh, um, I mean, and, and they're reconstructing the story just as they're reconstructing the modern story of Zatol, even, you know? Right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, from what they have found so far, they uh, are aware that they used to ferment at least. Uh-huh. And. Uh, I think, uh, and of course, they uh, used to eat uh, the maguey plant as well. Right. Uh, there's a couple of magueyes that uh, grow in Mexico, in, mm-hmm. in Chihuahua, I'm sorry, in the northern part of Mexico. And uh, that's, uh, I mean, you're always finding new stuff. It's so I mean, interesting. Like, uh, we, we even found uh, uh, someone who uh, um, gave me a taste of uh, 
Sotol Mezcal blend. Uh huh. Uh, so they use the two right from scratch. I mean, like uh, wow. uh, they cook the plants together, they distill it. And... Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's a beauty about uh, this industry. I think uh, not being very square, be very open helps you because you'll taste more, you'll get more expressions. Right. And of it course, encourages creativity too. Exactly. You know, exactly. You, without such rigid guidelines. Exactly. Now, I mean, so... some stuff should be rigid, but then some some things shouldn't be. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's why I really love about your project. I mean, it's uh, thinking out of the box. Hey, why yeah. not? I mean, Thanks, man. I hey, if that. the plant is here, let's, let's why cook not? it. Let's yeah, eat, you know? exactly. Like... Cook it. And, you know, I, I've heard it many times. I mean, like, uh, um, when I'm showing the plant and when I'm talking about Sotola, I'm telling them like, oh, this is a plant. Hey, I have one of my jars. Exactly, I'm just yeah. going to cook it and, eat it and make some Sotola. And I'm like. All Why right, not do, do it, it, man? Who like, cares? It's delicious, you know. Exactly. So, well, so uh, speaking of delicious, you've beyond the other amazing plethora of samples that you brought that are downstairs. You brought, and we're the bottle for this evening is the Hacienda de Chihuahua Sotol. It's a blanco, but it's the rustico. Is a rustico, yes. Yeah. So, so tell me, kind of, how that's different from the regular blanco. Well, uh, you know, um, I've been uh, trying to convince our master distiller uh, from a couple of years now yeah. into doing, uh, well, uh, this traces back a little bit to the origins of, of mm -hmm. Sotol. Uh, the first Sotol that Hacienda de Chihuahua did was uh, right before the 1990s. Okay. So they started experimenting uh, on, on some Sotol batches made by... Uh, Jose Daumas de Parte Arroyo, who's our master distiller, mm -hmm. he was trained in Montpellier. So, uh, so he has a very, very strong uh, wine background. He used to uh, work for Moesh and Don, mm -hmm. uh, Martel, and Larson. So uh, he's incredible. I, I have a lot, a lot of respect for him, and I, I think he does wonderful sotols. Very, uh, he has a very um, kind of a signature style yeah you know and that's hard to find uh that kind of consistency pureness and uh so i think hacienda de chihuahua has a very very re uh defined um personality right so i felt that we were um a little uh weaker on the full character, right? I mean, because uh, I I think I've had a we have a little sample at the distillery that you so kindly brought to us a while yes. back, but I'm getting a, a little bit of larger nose, a bigger glass and stuff now. This has body. I mean, this has all of the things that I come to expect from a sotol. It has that vegetal, it has the baked, it has the kind of dirt flavor as well, but still that wonderful underlying sweetness. Mm -hmm. And so this is this is 45, 45 ABV. Yeah. Yes. So it's nice and perfectly balanced. There's not much heat to it. But it has the richness of any mezcal. Yes. But it, it I mean, honestly, it, it trumps the other blanco because it's got so much flavor. Yeah, and I I think it's just not different. to to you know not the different to preferences it. too. I yeah. mean, and uh, so I I think this will appeal uh, way better for mezcal it's got uh, and it's agave got body. Yeah, it's really connoisseurs. Good. I think it has. Uh, a lot more layers. Yeah. Uh, still has some of the sweetness. Um, but I, I, what we wanted to achieve with this was to get as close as we could 
to taking a bite to the plant. Yeah, that's brilliant. And we all, uh, and uh, on the terroir, I mean, mainly we use desert, uh, desert plants, mm -hmm. uh, desert terroir plants. So that's what the profile uh, of, of Hacienda or like the signature would be. I mean, yeah. earthiness. Uh, I'm getting this wonderful like sweet aftertaste. It's just lingering. Yes, it's yes, really yes. wonderful. And it lingers. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's really uh, nice. I, I think uh, even uh, when it took some time to convince uh, our master distillery, it kind of paid off because, I mean, uh, when Hacienda first started doing Sotol, uh, they were very scared that Sotol was considered moonshine in, uh, right. in, in Chihuahua. So anyone do mentioned, hey, uh, have a sip of Sotol, they would be like, no, you're crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, that's uh, not, what not I used to clean my car's engine, you know? Right, I mean, right. And uh, I think to get rid of that backlash, Pepe, or our master distiller, he wanted to... Uh, Make it very, very fine, very, very subtle. Clean. Make yeah. it uh, um, very pure in the sense that, uh, I mean, you can go through a whole bottle and it'll be super gentle next day. Yeah, yeah. And which is typically the case with Mexican spirits, sure. too. Because they're distilled uh, with care. Exactly. So uh, I, I think uh, this is a very different style, probably out of his comfort zone. Yeah. And of course, I mean, I'm, I, I, felt a little um i don't know out of place because of course i don't have his experience i mean right. he has decades decades of experience in the alcohol industry yeah, yeah. and i'm just a guy that you know has tried some stuff and yeah that's it and so what are the plans i mean this this really really works and people it'll resonate really well what's the plan for releasing the rest of the cup well, uh, it's launching this year. Okay, so, good, good. Yeah, In uh, Texas, actually, hopefully? Yes, Texas. Uh, uh, we're going to try to make it available uh, before the end of the year. Oh, great. Um, so uh, I, I I, think it's going to be um, good for, I mean, of course, uh, the agave enthusiasts. Sure. It's going to be uh, good for Sotol aficionados as well i mean it does a lot of different things oh yeah such a depth of flavor on it yes 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 i i i i think it it's like an unleashed uh, version i mean like yeah. you everything yeah, the is. plant uh, has to uh, has to offer it's it's in there you know top down just going <laughs> going 85 pedal to the metal i guess so uh, what's retail going to be on? Do you have any idea? Uh, it's going to be around uh, $33 oh, a bottle. That's, that's great. $750, 45%, bucks. I mean, it's a great price. Yeah, it's a very reasonable price point. And I think, uh, I mean, like the higher ABV will, I mean, of, and that's another thing. I mean, like uh, I'm very open-minded about cocktails as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think cocktails are fun sure. and are a good introductory phase to a spirit. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of education, I think, I mean, like pairing food cocktails and uh, getting uh, to uh, lay around uh, sipping on, on, on Rustico. Yeah. I would say perhaps those are the steps, you know, to kind of grow consumers into Sotol. Yeah. It's and uh, 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 so I think it's going to be very, very good uh, entry level Sotol. That... I think so too. And it, but don't undersell it or don't underplay it. it. It is complex enough to play with the big boys, if you will, like those really, really compli complicated cerebral mezcals. It's delicious 
multi-layered and I'm, I'm really so glad you were able to share it with me no man my pleasure anytime yeah. you know uh we're we're very uh, you're very close to the source yes, I mean. <laughs> yes part part of the the part of the rally part of the group part of the team i, I mean i yeah really no definitely interested. man and uh, i think that um also uh i see myself not only selling sotol but selling chihuahua you know selling yeah. mexico uh, I I think uh, we need to go there more often. Yeah. I think uh, you need to. Uh, everyone needs to meet these wonderful people that's around this industry. Yeah. And not only the liquor industry, but the cuisine and the touristic places are uh, down there. Yeah. Um. I I think there's still uh, much more to be done uh, in the category, and the same uh, I say for Durango and Coahuila, which are. Uh, the other two neighboring states of yeah. the DO, and uh, I, 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 um, ideally, I would love to see Chihuahua becoming the next Oaxaca or the next Jalisco. Yeah, and I mean, it makes a lot of sense because it's way closer than Oaxaca and Jalisco uh, to to the US. So. Well, so I hope that we can go down there. I would love to come down. Definitely, there. man. Uh, let's uh, let's plan on the on the next trip. You know. Um, I'm kind of, we did the first uh, industry uh, tour in September. Oh, very cool. So um, a couple of friends from Houston, uh, Houston and Dallas mainly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Clayton Sheck from uh, Experience Tequila. Okay. I don't know if you I'm not, yeah, I'm not He familiar, gives but... uh, tequila and mezcal tours. Uh, uh, oh, right. No, no. Yeah, I know who Clayton. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. 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 Excellent guy. He went there too. Oh, cool. And uh, Dr. Uh, Rhonda Brulot, an anthropologist. So, I mean, and that's the fun thing about yeah. this. I, I think it's very interdisciplinary. I mean, it's not only if you like spirits. Right. It's, I mean, if you like spirits, if you like uh, art, culture, uh, gastronomy, uh, I think uh, having a great rounded experience, that's part of it, you that's know. In, and, it's incredible. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I'm so interested to see it now. I'd love to go. Anytime, man. Anytime. It, man. Uh, we'll be glad to have you there. Yeah, I would love it. And, you know, Ricardo, thanks so much for stopping by and chatting with me. But thank you so much for sharing. Because this is, you know, one thing that I've learned is that the reason that we're doing what we're doing is not only because we're passionate about it, but we love to share. Yes. Absolutely, yes, yes. man. And uh, I, I think it's the most important thing. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, uh, as we were mentioning, it's not... Um, a game of selling it's a game of sharing it's a game of uh learning yeah and uh no and the, i mean i was pretty pretty pleased uh with the sotols that you shared with me as well and uh, i thank you for that and thank you for uh you know uh giving us the outlet to uh bring the story of sotol out there yeah. because i mean that there is not much out there not that i know much but i mean uh still maybe someone who knows can hear us and, I, I and think call it, us and teach us. I think it'll be a, it'll be a great avenue, and I'm looking forward to sharing this interview, man. So thanks so much for chatting with me. No, thanks so much for having right. me, Mike. And uh, let's keep in touch, and maybe we can do a second uh, second chapter uh, uh, right from Chihuahua. From Chihuahua. <laughs> I think that's a good on-location spot, man. Thanks again. Oh, thank you. Cheers. So who's coming to Chihuahua with me? I have a feeling it's quite beautiful. I certainly know the Sotol and the spirits are going to be incredible. But Ricardo makes a wonderful case about improving the perception, increasing tourism too, 
and just sharing his love and passion of Chihuahua. And I, I think it really comes through and it's, it's very enticing. I really like to check it out. One of the other things that's worth mentioning too is like a magician or a plumber or electrician, Ricardo carries this box of sotols from Chihuahua. Lots of sotols. We get to taste about five to seven after the interview. Different kinds of soils, lowland, highland, forest. And those soils, the way that they come through in these sotols, it's so different and unique. And it reminds me so much of Mescal. But we have yet to fully be able to experience the wide array of sotols that are available in Mexico. Yet. Yet. I emphasize that word. There's a lot on the horizon for Desert Spirits. And Ricardo is absolutely going to be at the forefront of that movement and that discussion. So thanks so much for tuning in to Show to V with Mike G. And no matter what you're drinking, Sotol, Recia, Tequila, or Mezcal, please keep drinking.